Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm Brad Self of Nationwide Lacrosse, and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network. Good evening, and welcome to Over and Back, the show that focuses on the National Lacrosse League, Canadian Lacrosse League, and Major Series Lacrosse, with an emphasis on the Peterborough Lakers and their players playing pro. I'm your host, Scott Arnold, and you can join me every Monday at 7 p.m., right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network. My guest today, he's won a Minto Cup, he's won some Man Cups, he won a Champions Cup last year, and he's also had two of his goals this season featured on the ESPN Top Ten list. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest today is Rochester Nighthawks forward, Corey Vitarelli. Thanks for being on the show today, Corey. Thanks for having me, Scott. Let's talk about those highlight reel goals for a second. I mean, we don't get ESPN in Canada, but were you able to catch uh, either of those top ten lists online afterwards? Uh, I saw a video clip just because our team does a pretty good job with the media and putting it out. So, yeah, I caught them just online. Your team is pretty awesome. They're right on there with Twitter, Facebook, uh, one of the most interactive teams for sure. That's how I see uh, most of this stuff. Uh, you had an awesome goal yesterday against Rosie for the Toronto Rock. That should have been on the top ten, but it missed out. Uh, those diving goals through the air, they must take a toll on your body, do they? Uh, I guess so, probably more more on uh, some guys than others. But, yeah, I mean, it's not too often. Obviously, I'm not the most athletic guy, but, you know, when obviously the chance presents itself, so I'll take a shot like that. But, uh, you know, there's lots of other guys that, you know, do, I guess, the airborne goal too, and, I mean, it's nice to see in the league. I think it's a nice goal, and if guys can do it, so be it. No, it's an awesome goal, and I think that's kind of your trademark. I'm actually sending a tweet out right now with a goal you scored. Nice diving goal earlier against Buffalo. If you want to follow the action on Twitter, you can follow me at ScottArnold12, or you can follow Corey. His is VIT, V-I-T, underscore dog. And I just sent that picture out, beauty diving goal earlier against Buffalo. You obviously don't practice those goals, right? Does it just sort of happen in the heat of the moment, or is that something you work on? Uh, you know what, it's more just heat of the moment, and I guess just, you know, the guys in the league, it's just skilled that you're just kind of able to do stuff like that. So of those circus goals that you've scored this year, do you have one that kind of sticks out in your mind as your favorite, something that you thought, wow, I can't believe I pulled that off? Uh, <laughs> not particularly, no. I mean, every time that, you know, I happen to score doing a jumping goal or something that's, you know, a little different for me, I'm happy it goes in, and but... I mean, nothing particularly. I'm just happy to get the goals and really, at the end of the day, the wins. I love your one a few weeks ago where you kind of faked to the left side and then dove around. Goalie wasn't even watching. See if I can find that video out and send that out to the viewers. But that was my favorite. It was on the top ten. That was your last goal on the top ten. Uh, I'm going to go back to the intro here. I mentioned you've won a Minto Cup, a few Man Cups, and then last season you won the Champions Cup, of course, with Rochester. What trophy was the hardest for you to win, do you think? Uh... Kind of hard to say. I guess i got to go back to the Minto in 06, um, probably just because we were underdogs. But, you know, I think just because of that, it, it made it special, and it was with, you know, guys I grew up, uh, grew up playing with. So probably the Minto, but, I mean, that's not to downplay the, the Champions Cup or the Man Cups I've won either. 
I saw the man cup ring that the Lakers gave you guys a couple months ago. They're pretty unreal, amazing, diamonds all over them. One of the nicest ones I've ever seen. What champion ring is your favorite so far? Uh, definitely got to be the one that we got in Rochester earlier this year. It's uh, our owner, Kurt Stiers, he does a pretty good job of taking care of us, and I mean, it's by far my biggest and shiniest, so I mean, it's got to be my favorite by far. But, I mean, saying that, the other ones are also special to me, too. Do you wear it around, or is that one tucked away somewhere for safekeeping? Uh, tucked away. I don't wear it too often. It's one of those ones, I mean, I don't know, I maybe a wedding would be probably one of the times to show it off. But, yeah, it's uh, been in the case most of the time. So when you're kind of an old man rocking on the porch, you're done, long done with lacrosse, what title do you think you're going to remember the most? Uh, hard to say. I mean, everyone, I mean, each championship you win, if you get the chance to, it's unique in their own way and so special. So, you know what, when I'm rocking on the porch later on in life, hopefully if I make it that far, uh, you know, it'll probably hopefully just be all of them. And then from each one, just special moments. See, and you mentioned if you ever have the chance to win one. I've never had the chance. That's why I'm living through you here, Vit. I'm uh, just uh, <laughs> trying to, you know, be a champion myself, but never was able to win one. Uh, we always had a losing squad, so definitely uh, looking at your memories here to try and live through your dreams. But uh, let's talk about the Nighthawks again for a second. You guys destroyed Philly on Saturday. You doubled them up 14-7. You had two goals in that game. Cody Jamison assisted on both. But uh, the first assist was actually his 200th career point. Were you aware of that milestone during the game? Uh, you know what? I wasn't. Uh, not until after I read something online about it. Yeah, he's a beauty for sure. And uh, definitely a big part of your team this year. Is this your first chance you had to play against him? You usually always play against him, right? Peterborough Six Nations rivalry? Uh, yeah, so just from when I've been in Rochester, uh, he's always been there too. So the last uh, couple of years and... I mean, he's obviously a top-notch player, one of the elite players in the league, and I'm pretty fortunate that I've had you know a chance to play with him, and even here in Peterborough in the summer with John Grant. But yeah, Cody's a good, he's a good feeder, and I wish I would have realized that. But I'll have to con- congratulate him uh, this week at practice. You guys also played yesterday. Uh, you were defeated 10-9, close game to the Toronto Rock. Even though you lost, it must always be pretty special when you play so close to your hometown, eh? For sure, it's. Uh, you know, it's one of those special opportunities just because most of the teams aren't, you know, close here in Canada. So, you know, family, friends, it's always a little nerve-wracking, but it's nice, too, just for the short drive home after. And it was a close game. Obviously, you know, we had a slow start, but Toronto's a good team, and hopefully we uh, can meet again in the playoffs later on this year. Do any of your family members uh, make the trek to the T-Dot when you guys play there? Uh, yeah, some aunts and uncles and my parents and... Uh, my brother normally makes it. Let's talk about your family for a second. Your last name is synonymous with lacrosse. The history goes way back with you guys. And I know you obviously didn't see everyone play, but from the stories you've heard, who's the best Vitarelli to ever pick up a lacrosse stick? Uh, probably my great-uncle Dooch. That's just a name that people I would you know, sort of relate to when they hear the name Vitarelli. That's kind of the name they, they say to me, so... I'd say my Uncle Dooch, and then, yeah, obviously the last name, just people being in lacrosse and Peterborough being a good sports community. So I'm pretty lucky to have a last name that people can recognize. And, you know, there's definitely a few in Peterborough, which makes it a unique place with, I mean, the go-to name, which is the Evanses. So. Was Dooch a Peterborough guy as well? Did he play uh, Lakers growing up? Uh, you know what? I'm pretty sure he did. I don't know if they were called the Lakers, though, back in but Peter, oh, yeah. those days. Yeah.
your dad, Mark, he coached lacrosse for many years. I can remember when he coached the Junior A's back when they were called the Peterborough Maulers, my favorite team name of all time, by the way. Uh, did he ever coach any of your teams growing up? Uh, yeah, in the minor sports he did, hockey and lacrosse, kind of all the way through, which, I mean, at the time you get a lot of grief for it, but looking back it was kind of nice to have him, and uh, I can remember him coaching too. And he was good as a coach even when he stopped coaching me uh he coached the Ottawa Rebel there for a year or two, so uh, yeah, it was good. So he was—he's uh, old school for sure. With uh, he likes the yelling style, which I guess <laughs> is sort of a dying breed in today's game. Yeah, no, we uh, we hear a little bit about he wasn't uh, quite like the Rutgers coach, basketball coach there, throwing <laughs> balls and everything, was he? <laughs> no, I think he would have had his moments, but probably not anything quite as bad as that. He's uh, long retired, is he, or is he still in the scene? Uh, he's done. Yeah, he's done. So, Lee Vitarelli, though, is that that's your uncle? Yeah. He's still with the Junior A Lakers, is that right? He's, as far as I know, he's still with the Lakers being the, I think, the GM there, and I think he's been there for friggin', I don't know, 20-plus years, so it's kind of a, kind of crazy. We're going to broadcast all their games live, actually, this year on the Lacrosse Radio Network, and uh, I've been in contact with Lee, so definitely knew he was still a part of it, and... I'd still be a part of the game myself, but I think Lee still has my helmet. We got beat out against Whitby uh, my last season, and uh, he needed the lacrosse bags back, so took them uh, right off the bus, took all of our gear. He said, you can pick them up in a couple weeks, and never made it back in to pick up my gear, so I retired from the game, and uh, I'm going to see if Lee's got my equipment. Maybe I'll come out of retirement here. Yeah, you might have to. I would definitely be checking in on that. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, uh, pretty tight with the stuff there, the juniors, but I'm yeah. sure uh, you know that's just the way it is for most teams. That was my own helmet, though. Shout out to my dad, Eddie. Oh. He's listening at home. That was my helmet. So uh, he had to buy me an orange bucket later on. I think Jeff Ralph uh, gave me a little orange bucket with an elastic strap, no face mask. That uh, was just a little dangerous, and I uh, had to hang it out for good. But I'll be looking for that helmet. Uh, you know what? Let's go back to the NLL for a second. On Saturday, uh, you guys travel out west to face Calgary as well as Edmonton. Uh, on the Calgary squad, your Peter Laker teammate, Sean Evans, is there. You played with him while you guys were growing up. You also won that Minto Cup together in 2006. So you probably know him better than anyone else on the Nighthawks. How do you shut him down? Uh, I don't think it's so much shut down, but just try to limit. Uh, I mean, Evie's having a great year, and he's an unbelievable player and he's a gamer but I think you just try to maybe limit his his shot quality and then uh, take away his passing lanes because he's a good feeder too so I think that's probably the most you could do for him and then hope he uh, doesn't get hot playing with him for that long do you have any tricks to throw him off his game that you can uh, do yourself or let your teammates know <laughs> uh, not really I mean Abby's, he's one of those players you can slash hack chirp get in his face but i mean he's just always going to bring you know his style of game and doesn't matter if you know you play him hard or play him soft he's he's just always going to come so not particularly any tricks to slow him down i'm going to stay with shawnee for a second here i'm a huge fan of nationwide lacrosse the camp that he co-founded with uh actually your nighthawks teammate brad self you helped out with their inaugural camp over the march break what was that experience like what did you think of the camp I thought it was great. You know, those guys obviously have put a lot of effort and work and time into it thus far. And, uh, you know, for it being basically the only real lacrosse camp around this area that I've been to recently, it was uh, it was well run. You know, they had everything you needed. And uh, I thought it was a good time and 
from what I've heard, you know, parents and kids all had a good time too. And hopefully they can keep that going for their other camps and continue the success into the future. Yeah, they were just out in Kingston uh, last weekend, I guess it was, or last week, rather, promoting the camp. They had a whole bunch of kids out. Lakers, I think, are going to play an exhibition game this summer in Kingston, so it's great to see the game grow. Are you going to get invited back to help out with the camp, or was that just sort of a one-shot deal uh, to get them started? Uh, well, hopefully I get the invite back. I don't know. I guess I'll have to talk to them about it. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to help out. I mean, any capacity I can help, especially those two guys being buddies with them and you know, it's for a good cause to grow the game of lacrosse. I'd be happy to be a part of. So I'm going to go back to that Minto Cup that we were touching on. So that was in 2006. You were also drafted that same year to the NLL to the Rochester Nighthawks, 61st overall. You decide to opt out, though, and uh, go to University of Prince Edward Island instead. While you're in PEI, the Nighthawks waived your rights. You became a free agent. And then five years later, you ended up back in Rochester. How did that all come about? How did you end up back there? Uh... Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a, I don't know, a weird situation. I, I guess they just at the time when I was finishing school, there was a, I guess a little interest just from some of the teams in the league, and Rochester was just seemed like the best fit for me, and so that's kind of how I ended up back there. But it's funny because yeah, I mean they let me go there a few years earlier. So, but uh, you know, I've been happy with Rochester. I'm glad I went there. So we'll talk about the University of Prince Edward Island. You spent half a decade out there. So, like, are you a doctor now, or what were you studying there for five years? Uh, just living the life, bud. Living the life <laughs> and enjoying it while I could. What did you take while you were out there? I, I took sociology. So, yeah. And then I was going to get into the history as my minor, but I was a couple of classes short, even though I was out there for five years. <laughs> You played hockey while you were out there, uh, all five years. You racked up a ton of penalty minutes in your first two seasons, which is uh, pretty rare for you. Josh Patterson led your team, but you were second uh, both years. Did you get in a lot of scraps out there, or how did you end up with so many PIMS? Uh, no, no scraps. It's actually, uh, I don't think they let fighting happen. I mean, obviously fights happen, but it's one of those things, if you fight, I think you get a suspension, and then from there it's two, and then I think you might even be kicked out for multiple games. But, uh just because they count the tens out there and I got a few misconducts so you know late in the game and they just make the stats probably look better than they really were yeah no, I couldn't believe that when I was looking I think he had 77 your first year and then 71 and uh, 20 your last three years so those years stood out for me for sure when I was looking up the stats but we'll shift back to lacrosse it's been a crazy year in the National Lacrosse League you guys have beaten every team in the East but you've also lost every team in the East. Just shows you how any team can win on any given night. Is this the most competitive year of lacrosse you've ever been involved in? Uh, yeah, likely is for sure. And you know, everyone talks about the parity of the league, and I mean, really, it's true. Any game, any night, uh, any team can win, and you know, it makes for good lacrosse. And it's just one of those things. You know, you're gonna have your good games and your bad games, but you know, it's about the teams finding consistency and getting a few bounces here and there, and. I mean, I'm, most games this year have been really close and a couple blowouts, but I'm sure, you know, even the blowout scores, like, the game's a lot closer. And I know I like it. it. You know, it makes it exciting. And obviously for the fans, it's great. And if you look at the standings right now, it, you know, it's sort of explains itself. Yeah, so looking at the standings, you guys have crawled up. You guys were in last place in the East. Now you're just two games back of the Toronto Rock, uh, and you're in second place. East or West, who's the team to beat this year? Uh, it's hard to say. I mean, I I don't think it's any any one team. Obviously, if you finish first, 
west or east because you know all the competitive teams you got to take a look at that and with that comes the home floor advantage so with toronto finishing east obviously they're a good team but i mean philly buffalo same with them and then on the west obviously any team over there is good it's all tight at the top too so i don't think you concentrate or say one team because realistically any team could be hard to beat even Minnesota's on a tear right now. They just came out of the basement. They had two 20-goal games back-to-back. Uh, they lost yesterday, obviously, but they're crawling right out of there. Colorado's climbing out, so it's it's tight on both sides. So, like you said, it's great for the fans. People have enjoyed it, and uh, they're really packing them in this year, so it's been awesome to see. Do you guys get uh, decent crowds out in Rochester, or what's it like there? I've never been to a game uh, out there. Oh, yeah, we do. It's not bad. Uh, <clears throat> I don't think uh, we've had any sellouts this year, but... Um, you know, we appreciate the support we get in Rochester. They're great fans, and, you know, obviously it'd be nice to get more, but we're happy with what we get. I think last game we might have had around 7,000, 8,000, so, I mean, it was almost full. But, yeah, I mean, any time in lacrosse you hope for the best and you hope fans come out. So we're done with the home games now, but maybe we can get a home playoff game and have them come out and support us for a playoff game. So there's a ton of Peterborough Lakers in the league right now. Is there a brotherhood amongst you guys, or do all the friendships go out the window as soon as the NLL season starts? Uh, I don't know if the friendships go out the window, but obviously when you know you play teams where guys are on, you sort of forget, you know, that you're friends. You just play hard and you treat them, you know, like any other player on the opposing team. So before we get to our last segment, I'm going to open the show up to our listeners. Uh, I took questions all week. This week's question actually comes from your teammate, Brad Self. He wants to know how your beach body is doing and if it's going to be ready for the upcoming summer season. That, that doesn't surprise me, a question like that coming from him. <laughs> uh, yeah, the beach body's always in season all year round, so it's ready to go. It's waiting to get a little sunlight on it, and uh, sooner or later, hopefully, the nice weather comes and stays, and she'll be out. <laughs> Excellent. So that's going to bring us to our last segment. I ask all my guests the same six questions in what I like to call the sock trick. So besides lacrosse, what's your favorite sport? Hockey. What's your uh, favorite team? Got to go with the Maple Leafs. Yeah. Do you have any uh, pregame rituals that you do before lacrosse games? Uh, Just a nap, I guess, is my real one. (laughs) Who's been the biggest influence in your life and why? Uh, likely my family and my father, uh, particularly just, you know, being around with, uh, me with sports and coaching me and just always being there for support. Do you have a nickname that your teammates call you? Uh, dog. I hear air dog as well. Is that something that uh, goes around or is that sort of just what, uh, Rochester puts when they hashtag any of your pictures? Uh, it's, the air dog came from Rochester, so a few people say it, but, uh, yeah, For all the ladies out there, single or taken? (laughs) Taken. Some guys, uh, they have other jobs or hobbies outside of lacrosse. You just came from a job before you uh, called into the studio. What do you do when you're not playing lacrosse? Uh, Right now, just uh, working for a school school program, uh, just before and after school right now. Just looking after the kids while their parents are at work and that's it for now, and hopefully I can get on to be a teacher in town here eventually. It's a tough go trying to get on, eh, in this city. It's probably like that everywhere, but uh, definitely a tough place to uh, get into. Yeah, it is for sure, and it's a slow process, and 
something that obviously I'm not alone in the fight to get on, I guess, to get a job. But you know what? Hopefully, eventually, I'm in no rush. I'm enjoying where I am at right now. So hopefully, eventually, though. Yeah, you've got a good gig right now uh, in the pro. So uh, hang on to that as long as you can, man. Uh, you know, thanks for so much for being on the show today, Corey. I really appreciate it. And uh, good luck this week in Alberta. All right. My pleasure, Scotty. And thanks a lot. All right, man. Talk to you later. All right. See ya. All right, that was Corey Vitarelli of the Rochester Nighthawks. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, but stay tuned because when we come back, I'm going to recap the weekend that was in the Canadian Lacrosse League, and I'll also preview the quarterfinal playoff games that are coming up this weekend. I'm Scott Arnold, and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network. I'm Brad Self of Nationwide Lacrosse, and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network. The Lacrosse Radio Network. Listen to NCAA, CLAX, NALL, and MILA game broadcast at the Lacrosse Radio Network, the home of Lacrosse Audio. Bannock in transition, shoots and scores! The only place where you can follow NCAA Division Three, the Canadian Lacrosse League, North American Lacrosse, Quebec Senior Lacrosse League, and Midwest Lacrosse Association. Shot score, Mendez! A side angle shot and Tony Mendez breaks the ice. Also, the home to unique lacrosse programming that you just can't get anywhere else. Listen every day at inlaxwetrust.com or blogtalkradio.com slash lacrosse radio or blogtalkradio.com slash lax radio. Block on the way in. Goalie out. Score! Another goal for the Mustang. The Lacrosse Radio Network. This is Patrick Crosby, goaltender for the Kentucky Stick Horses. You're listening to the Cross Radio Network. The best radio, not on radio. RadioExiles.com. Radio gone underground from parts unknown. I'm not receiving a detectable frequency. Radio Exiles. The best collection of professional podcasters. 100% FCC free. RadioExiles.com. You think you've seen pro lacrosse coverage? Then you haven't seen Inlax We Trust, the home of lacrosse on the web. Comprehensive coverage of the NLL, MLL, NCAA, NALL, CLAX, MILA, and more on the SB Nation Network. Fifteen seconds to go, driving down the right wing, draws his own team, over his head, basket on the open, he scores! Salisbury takes an 11-10 lead with 11.7 seconds to go. Check out InlaxWeTrust.com. This is Nick Rose of the Toronto Rock, and you're listening to the Lacrosse Radio Network. Lacrosse and pro wrestling? They come together every Thursday at noon with Strong Island Lax Chat with Taz. Many sports fans look at the announcers as a prop or a talking head. Taz, the former pro wrestler, takes time every week to talk about the game from a fan's perspective with a Long Island spin. You know, most announcers, I know in my business of pro wrestling, or buddies of mine that have, that have worked for ESPN, that are commentators and whatnot, are highly competitive type A personalities. Every Thursday at noon on the Lacrosse Radio Network. Hey, this is Scotty Comer from the Barry Blizzard, and you're listening to Over and Back on the Lacrosse Radio Network. 
All right, welcome back to Over and Back. I'm your host, Scott Arnold, and you can join me live at 7 p.m. Eastern every Monday right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network. We are going to recap the Canadian Lacrosse League. It was week 13, the last week of regular season play in the Canadian Lacrosse League, and it was a wild, wild weekend. The Iroquois Ironmen uh, started off the weekend on Friday night. They were in town uh, in Brampton to face the Inferno. The Inferno were on a four-game win streak. Iroquois had only won two games all year. So I'm going to set it up here. Iroquois needed to win both games this weekend to get into the playoffs. So as I said, they've only won two games all year. So it was going to be very unlikely that they would win two games back-to-back. So Friday, they go in against the Red Hot Inferno. They end up squeaking out an overtime victory. 14-13. 14-13. Elijah Printup was the hero. He scored 32 seconds into overtime. That was his second goal of the game. And their big gun, he was Jerome Thompson. He had three goals, three assists. On the other side, Pat Saunders for the Inferno. He had five goals and two assists. The very next night, so Iroquois, all they need to do is win against Durham. Haven't won two games in all season long. The season's been going on, as I said, week 13. So everyone's thinking, all right, Durham's going to knock them off, no problem. Barry Blizzard, they're waiting on the sidelines because they were fighting for that sixth and final playoff spot as well. So they needed the Ironmen to lose so that they could maybe slip into that final playoff spot. Iroquois goes into Durham's rink, crushes them 13-10. to I shouldn't say crush. It was a back-and-forth game. It was uh, They traded goals the entire uh, first three quarters. And then in the fourth quarter, the Iroquois Ironmen finished the game with three unanswered goals to take that one 13-10. Elijah Printup, the hero from the night before, he had two goals and three assists for the Ironmen. Chris Atwood, he had three goals, two assists, four of his points were in the fourth quarter alone. So he really tur- – or in the second half, rather. He turned it up in the second half big time. Jake Lazor was a brick wall again with 41 saves. In the loss, Shane Scott had five goals for Durham. That's his season high. He got five goals earlier in the season. I was hoping he'd get a sock trick. I'd already kicked my socks off, ready to throw them on the floor. But he couldn't get that sixth goal. He would have traded every one of them in for a win. I can guarantee you that. But it was a great game, one of the best games I've seen all year. Iroquois gets into the playoffs by winning two back-to-back games after only winning two all year. So they're the hottest team going into the playoffs. They're last year's Creators' Cup champions, so many say they're going to repeat. Even though they were struggling all regular season, they looked hot this weekend, and a lot of people around the arena, a lot of scouts I was talking to and reporters, they said, you know what, look out for this team. They're going to repeat. They're going to turn it on. Very next night, Toronto Shooting Stars, they traveled to Barrie, I went up to that game. We called it live on the Lacrosse Radio Network. The main reason I wanted to go up there, why I was excited, they got this new blue turf for the Canadian Lacrosse League. If you go onto my Twitter, I tweeted it out uh, yesterday, I guess, so it's a few tweets back, but beautiful blue turf. That is going to travel between Barrie, Toronto, and Niagara, from what I understand. So next season, instead of that green, beaten-up turf, you will see an unbelievable blue turf. It made the surface look incredible. I I really uh, you know just went up to see that, but at the same time I was treated to 
one of the best, I'd say the best lacrosse game I've been treated to all year. I said that about Durham the night before, but Sunday, definitely the best game. Barry Blizzard, even though it was meaningless, they won 13-9. They beat the Toronto Shooting Stars. The crowd was over 1,000. We rarely see that for a Canadian Lacrosse League game, and these Blizzard fans were wild. It was the loudest arena I have been in all season. Great to see them all out. Barry stuck around after. They saluted all the fans, and then they went up to the lobby. They lined up and signed autographs for all the fans who were there. So class act, that Barry Blizzard team. Sorry to see them go. Sorry that their season has ended, but they are going to return next season. The six teams that did make the playoffs, two of them get a bye. So Toronto Shooting Stars, even though they lost on Sunday, they finished second overall. They get a bye right to the Final Four tournament. So does the Niagara Lock Monsters. They secured first place a couple weeks ago. So they will be in the Final Four tournament at the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena on April 20th. The quarterfinals, though, they start this Friday. Fifth-ranked Durham Turf Dogs are going to face the fourth-ranked Brampton Inferno. Friday night at 8 p.m. We'll have that game for you live right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network. And then on Sunday, the other quarterfinal game, 1 p.m., the sixth-ranked Iroquois Ironmen will take on the third-ranked Oshuiken Demons. And then from there, the winners of those series will either play Niagara or Toronto. They're back-to-back games on April 20th. There's going to be a 1 p.m. game. Niagara will host uh, one of those teams. And then at 4 p.m., Toronto will get the leftovers. Then, the very next day, on April 21st, this tournament takes place. Uh, it's not a tournament, it's the playoffs. I call it a tournament because it's happening on the weekend. But the finals are going to be April 21st, 2 p.m., also from the Iroquois Lacrosse Arena. Unbelievable arena. It's got turf year-round, permanent lacrosse floor. So it is something. If you can make it down there, check that out because it is going to be bumping. We are going to have two of those games on the Lacrosse Radio Network. On April 20th, we will have the 4 p.m. game. That's the game that Toronto is uh, hosting. We don't know who they're playing as of yet, but we'll have that game live for you on the Lacrosse Radio Network, as well as the finals, April 21st, 2 p.m. Mark that down in your calendar. If you can't make it, listen here live on the Lacrosse Radio Network, April 21st, 2 p.m., That's going to do it for another episode of Over and Back. Make sure you tune in this Friday, 8 p.m. That's when I'll be on next. I'll be calling the Durham Turf Dogs, Brampton Inferno, quarterfinal game at 8 p.m. live right here on the Lacrosse Radio Network. And then next Monday, my guest for Over and Back, it's going to be Shane Scott of the Durham Turf Dogs. Hopefully we're talking about the final four. But worst case scenario, we'll recap the season and we'll get his picks. But I don't even want to think like that. Durham is going to get through. And Durham is uh, the team I've been calling all year. That's uh, who I broadcast for. So I'm a little bit of a homer. It's going to be a great game regardless, though. Brampton, both teams are coming off a loss to Iroquois. They're looking to uh, get back in the win column in their biggest game of the year. This Friday, 8 p.m., live. I will be joined by Shane Scott of the Durham Turf Dogs. Hope you have a great evening, and thanks for listening to Over and Back. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo, and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.